0: Our scripture reading today is from Philippians 3, 7 to 11. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. We want to come now to a time to pray uh, together. Uh, We want to be thankful and uh, honor God for all the good stuff He's doing in our life this morning, uh, as well as to pray for the things that are going on in our church right now, our community. Um, we want to celebrate is that Peyton Harkey, uh, that was had a little, uh, the Harkeys had a little girl. Uh, I'm assuming that's a girl. If I'm not, I'm in trouble. Uh, but uh, on October 17th, and Ava Craddock on October 21st. So we want to celebrate that today. I mean, the birth, I mean, the church, North Cross is growing, <laughs> it's multiplying. Uh, lots, of, uh, lots of new babies, which is awesome uh and then some of you know that cindy two's mother passed away this week in birmingham so that adds to another sense of loss but i've had some interaction with them Uh, i was praying for them this week and i shared with cindy and scott i just had this sort of quick vision of uh, dylan who's now in heaven seeing her grandmother and them being able to embrace and you know, just that sweet moment of it's glorious to be with Jesus, but it's also going to be glorious to be with your family again. So when I think about seeing my father again or my mother again and what God has done in my heart and for them, but also there's just lots of great people I can't wait to see. <laughs> but I just had that quick vision of Dylan seeing her grandmother in heaven and what a comfort that must be. It's a mystery, but got to believe it was like way over the top of anything I could explain. Uh, we also want to pay, pray for Karen Tony, who's Tony, uh, whose mom is in the hospital right now. Uh, since we're kind of rolling along here, are there any other prayer requests anybody has that we could either want to be thankful for or pray for? So is there anything going on this morning we could pray for you or be thankful with you? The The what? Yeah, we'll pray for the lunch right afterwards. Okay, pray that Esther doesn't mess it up. All right, so, uh, so, anyway, and he doesn't embarrass his sweet wife again. All right, so, uh, all right, so let's come and be thankful together. We're gonna after we I finish, we're gonna pray the Lord's prayer together. So it'll be up on the screen if you've never memorized it yet. Uh, you can just read it with me, pray it with me, and us. So let's pray. Father, we are grateful this morning uh, for the hope that we share of being with you forever and ever and ever. When we've been there 10,000 years, we won't even begin to understand what it means. Uh, amazing grace. We'll never be able to understand what the cost was for Jesus when Jesus, you died for us so that we be people of praise and worship, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, looking to to you to supply all our needs. So thank you for the stories represented here about how you rescued us and put our feet on solid ground, uh, and you healed us. We're so grateful. We long for more understanding of our salvation. We need more healing. We need more of you in our life today. So we ask for that. We give thanks for the birth of Peyton and Ava and bless those families as they, they transition with uh, that new life, we pray for our gathering at the meal, uh, just to enjoy our fellowship with one another and be able to share and celebrate some of the things we 've done and look to the future for how you might lead us. But we pray for all those participating in leading uh, that they can represent you well because you love North Cross so much. You love this church and you are committed to growing the church and making it more beautiful. For your Heavenly Father to see that the price you paid has really changed people's lives through communities like North Cross, through your church, that you love your bride uh, this morning. Um, We do pray you'd comfort Cindy and her family as they grieve the loss of her mom. Uh, Help them as they continue to walk in a deep uh, uh, trench of grief, valley of grief. And uh, you just surprise Cindy with your care, with your comfort with songs in the night, prayers in the night that draw her to your heart, and pray that for Scott as well. Uh, We pray for Karen as she is really concerned about her mom in the hospital, that you'd meet her mom and help her mom to know you and know your comfort while they're there. Father, we uh, turn our uh, attention to our country, we pray for the elections coming up, that they would be peaceable and people would be able to vote their conscience that you bring the right people into positions of influence and oversight of us so we pray for the whole election process to not be divisive or just uh, another reminder of how awful things are and how broken we are may you overrule the evil in us and the evil in the world and the evil of the enemy so that we'd have a peaceable election uh just pray for nancy pelosi's husband uh who was attacked um we pray for his healing and you working in the pelosi family no matter whether we agree with her or not uh they need to know the father's love and care so be with the pelosis today Uh, how tragic that whole situation is Uh, we continue to just pour out our prayers for the ukraine lord we just want to cover that country with uh your presence, your protection, your deliverance, and as they face a cold winter and uh, Russia's attacking all their infrastructure to provide heat and gas and all the things that we just assume we'll have, Lord, may you show mercy. We pray for uh, just the evil in Russia to wanting to attack not only the Ukraine, but the whole world to undermine democracy, to attack our economy, uh, to attack the economy of Europe, uh, Jesus, would you defeat their plans? Would you just in miraculous ways reverse the curse of what evil is planning to do to, to really break and tragically handicap uh, our countries and our economies? So, Lord, we, we need you. We need deliverance. We know who the real enemy is, so we pray you'd cast him down okay. and defeat his plans to disrupt your world. Uh, and again, uh, rescue people that they might have heat this on, on this winter. And uh, we just ask that in Jesus' name. Uh, we pray, Lord, again, that you'd give us ears to hear and hearts that are willing to listen and be teachable and be leadable. Uh, and to be realize how lovable you've made us. For some of us here this morning, it's really hard to believe you love us. Uh, even a little bit, much less as much as you do. And so we pray for hearts that are willing to be healed to understand your comfort and realizing how much you love people like me and the folks that are here, how you take people who are Scrooges and transform them into miraculous lovers of people and life and loving the handicap and the heartbreaking uh, stories that are represented here. And so Jesus... May the spirit of Christmas come into our hearts even this day and give us some hope and anticipation of what you promised to do, Jesus. Um, And now we want to pray the prayer Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's turn our Bibles to Philippians chapter uh, 3. This is kind of Paul's uh, Magna Carta. This is his declaration of freedom. Uh, when you think about Paul and what God did in his story and his life, this right here, this little section is so rich. Uh, um, a woman I know who's an amazing therapist in our area, she and I have had amazing fellowship around her faith, but also all the women and men she's helped uh, in their journey. And this is her favorite passage of Scripture, Philippians 3, 7 through 11. She's memorized it. I say, how do you do what you do? Because counselors, a lot of times are isolated. They're A lot of people don't get to see what they do and how they do it. And the benefit of what they do, I I tell counselors that they are my heroes because of the way they lay their lives down and people's story to help them. But she absolutely loves this passage. And particularly the verses, verse 10, (coughs) which again, we started looking at last week that I may know him and the power of his resurrection Epiganosco, I want to know him intimately. I want to see his power uh, in my life. Uh, we talked about last week how dangerous it is when you can have an appearance of godliness but not know its power. And actually the church that Valerie and I attend back at Winston-Salem, they looked at the church in Sardis, and Sardis says you have a reputation for being alive, but you're really dead. And it's always dangerous for us to lose our way, fall apart, turn our back on God. And we might look like we believe, we might look like we trust God, but it's not true. And practically, we live like atheists rather than the people that God's called us to be. But let me suggest to you that one of the ways that you know that you're alive is your understanding of the role of suffering in your life and how God wants to use it and is willing to use it even today. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, a lot of times when people come to me, and I'm kind of like your uh, primary care physician. I see people with lots of problems that are just your basic common colds, common struggles, struggles with depression, discouragement, resentment. I can help a lot of people with that. and uh, And kind of share with them But here's usually the premise of why they want me to help them. I don't want to be this needy. (laughs) I don't want to be this off-kilter. I I don't want to feel this this level of, in some ways, healthy anxiety about what's going on. As a matter of fact, I I don't like not being in control. (laughs) So that really gets it. I want to be in control of my story and my life. And I always have to kind of you know, lovingly smile at them and say, well, maybe God's goal is to make you more needy (laughs) through all this. And that thing is, you grow as a Christian, you don't become less needy, you become more needy, which you can imagine how that goes over, okay? Most of you might spot, oh, that's good, that's good. But when you're sitting with people one-on-one, they go, dang, I don't like that. (laughs) I don't want to be needy. I don't want to be a needy person. Remember what we have talked about, which Ted Lasso picks up in his show when the counselor is working with him. She says, Ted, the truth will set you free, but it's going to make you mad first. It's going to make you angry. So if the truth this morning kind of gets you jazzed up a little bit or ginned up or a little angry, let's talk about it. Let's work it through. But that's a good sign. If it makes you mad, it means there's something going, your heart's not dead. There's a pulse. There's a pulse in there because you're feeling something that lets you know that God is there wrestling with you with your struggle. Probably the best book that I've ever read on suffering, there's a lot of great theological ones, uh, but it's the one by uh, Johnny Erickson Tata, When God Weeps. So if you're struggling with suffering and the questions that I'm going to raise today and you want to read a book that is so, so, so good, it is brilliant, it's where Johnny, who was, when she was a teenage girl, just happy in Chesapeake Bay area, dives into shallow waters, paralyzed from the neck down. Many of you know her story, the impact of her story. But this book, When God Weeps, uh, the subtitle is Why Our Sufferings Matter to the Almighty. Your suffering matters to God. It really does. And she has this beautiful line on page 84 in the book where she said, God permits what he hates to achieve what he loves. God permits what he hates to achieve what he loves. Now, how would you write that into your story? If you were to write your own memoir, your own autobiography, and that was the title of the chapter, what would you start talking about? Why did God allow that to happen to me? Why did I have to go through that? But God provides what he hates to achieve what he loves. So how do you know that suffering is something that you know that matters, that matters to God and it matters to you because Jesus is revealing his heart to you through it. There is a friendship with Jesus you don't find any other way than allowing Jesus to heal you. But also as you enter into other people's suffering to watch how Jesus moves into people's lives and heals them and changes them. Uh, One of my good friends, I asked to pray for me this morning while I uh, was preaching, and I know he's praying for me even now. Uh, When I was Pastor Valerie and I, were starting our second church in Greensboro. uh, he uh, He flew for what was Piedmont Airlines way back when. Some of you remember that. Pilot very successful, very capable. One of these guys that kind of like Hudson ripped, you know, he's just so strong and everything, you know, (laughs) see, I got Hudson. You're listening. That's good. So uh, anyway, but uh, he was intense like Hudson, you know, he's just intense. Uh, And, uh, and so, but he's one of the leaders in our new church plan. And he, and he says, Clyde, I'm so excited about the gospel. I'm so excited about what God did do. I can't wait to see how God will grow our church. But you know, Clyde, I have a problem. I say, what is that, Lady? And he says, my wife. And I go, really? And he says, yeah. He says, my wife is just always negative. She's always discouraged. I get all excited. She pours cold water on it. Uh, Clyde, could you come and meet with us? Because I really want you to help my wife. I say, sure, Lee, I'll, I'll be right there. Now I have permission to tell this story because I know a lot of you, I'm going to tell you a lot of stories, and 90% of them have permission. Some of them don't, but don't worry. <laughs> if you tell me your story, I'm not going to use it, I think. Anyway, so, uh, so uh, but I do have permission from Lee. So we go in, we sit down, we start talking. Some of you can imagine how this is playing out. Lee is just pouring out his complaints, and Sandy's just kind of looking at him. And every time she looks at him, if looks could kill, <laughs> Greensboro would have been wiped out, you know. She just kind of cut her eyes to him. So then I, I just hear her speaking very softly. She tells me a little bit of her story. She was risking vulnerability in front of Lee, uh, which is a scary thing uh, back then. And she's doing that. So I listen, I listen, I listen. And then I say a prayer, and we walk out, and, and and so we get out, and we're walking out to my car in his driveway, and he said, Clive, that went great! <laughs> Thank you for coming. I can't, to, I can't wait to see what's going on. And so, so uh, I'm talking to Lee, and I said, Lee, I, I've got an observation I want to make, and trust me, I think I'm right on this one. And he goes, what? He goes, I don't think Sandy's the problem. <laughs> and of course, I can visually see him, clenching his fist. And I thought, man, he's going to take me out right here in the driveway. pastor is knocked out by one of his leaders in a church plant. But to his credit, it really broke him. Rather than getting more mad and more like, I need another pastor. We need another church. He says, tell me what you see. And that started a long journey with him in friendship, watching God heal him and change him because there's so much suffering in his story and if i begin to tell you you all would you just you kind of like want to just you'd be wincing recoiling oh that's unbelievable the apostle paul knew suffering remember when god wanted to let paul know that he was calling him to be an apostle to the gentiles which He didn't want anything to do that. If Jonah didn't want to preach to the Ninevites, the last thing Paul wanted to do was to preach to the Goy, the Gentiles. He did not want to do that. That was against everything in his grade, everything in his training. says, we hate Gentiles. We want them to go to hell. But we don't want Gentiles in heaven. That's not the way it works. Okay, so God meets Paul on the Damascus Road. And Paul has blinded, has a vision. He goes, he's, he can barely see, he's not eating. And God says to someone, hey, I want you to go tell Paul what I'm calling him to do. Now, this particular man, uh, how would you like to deliver this story to the Apostle Paul who was humiliating, uh, crucifying Christians, killing them, suffering, I mean, burning their houses down? Go and tell Paul that I'm calling him to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, and then also tell him this. Now, you can go read, I think it's at Acts 9. Go tell him this, that I will show him how much he is going to suffer for me. Now, I'm sure, I'm going to use my imagination here, but I'm going to guess, when Paul heard that, he began to see, and a little smile came on his face. Because Paul knew that the whole prophecy of Scripture is that the Messiah would come through suffering. There are four servant songs in Isaiah. Most of you know Isaiah 53, that's one of them. But the whole picture of this great Redeemer King that will come is that he will come as a suffering servant. So when God says to the Apostle Paul, I'm going to show you how much you suffer paul probably immediately clicked and said it has to be true it has to be true and so i want to walk you through what j.i packer says in his book knowing god here's how you know somebody really understands the call to know god the way he wants you to know him there are four things you look for four observations and This is an assessment I want to put yourself through. I want you to put North Cross Church through because the way you assess yourself will tell you a lot about where you are at understanding this. Paul says, For it has been granted to you for the sake of Christ that you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. If you've been called to be a believer, you've been called to suffer. And I don't know about you, but i'm just a good old guy who just needs a little help from jesus i don't know what this suffering stuff's about Uh, but when you read the scripture you begin to understand what it means to become the gospel as you believe the gospel it's all tied into your understanding of how suffering works for us because it weaves us into jesus stories in ways we would never go but let me read it to you again this is philippians 129 he's talking to the church of philippi now to most of you if I said, what's Philippians about? Most of you know right away it's about joy. I think the word joy is used 16 plus times. Paul said rejoice, 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 count on all joy. It's all over the place in Philippians. But right next to it is this call to suffering. Um, <coughs> professional golfers have this little phrase. Um, and, uh <coughs> and here's what it is. It's this, it's pressure is privilege. Pressure is privilege. So we probably have some men and women golfers here, people. So, you know, you can imagine standing up, three-foot putt, four-foot putt to win the Ryder Cup. And you're standing up there going, man, I've never felt this nervous, anxious. Oh, my gosh, I'm so afraid. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. If you've been trained as a professional golfer, you go, I can't wait to make this putt i can't wait to win the ryder cup (laughs) because pressure is privilege now take away the word pressure stick in the word suffering some of you are suffering intensely intensely right now and it's really hard and jesus is all over it and he's with you as your friend but he wants you to understand that suffering is a privilege Actually, I have a good friend who does amazing men's ministry. I won't be with our men on their men's retreat because I've been involved in this men's ministry for, ten, excuse me, for ten years, and it's all about healing men, and it's an intense weekend for men to go deep into their wounds and get healing. But the leader of the movement says, uh, the privilege of suffering with other men is not only it's a privilege; it's an honor. Now, what what I'm talking about for some of you is just going to be like, it's almost like pouring water on a scalded place in your story. It's like, I'm I'm not sure I'm ready to hear that. And that's okay, but that's why you're here. Because we want you to heal and understand in a way. It's not to scald you. It is actually to draw you to the Savior's side, to draw you into the fact that God wants to take what was done to you And he wants to show you how he's going to use your suffering to make you so much more who you are and the person he redeemed you to be through understanding how his suffering heals and transforms your suffering. So here are the four things. And this comes from the book Knowing God. If you have it, go pull it it down. uh, And just read the chapter on people who know their God. Here's four things that j. I. Packer who's this astute theologian uh amazing man he's now in heaven uh, but uh, it's it's one of the great books ever knowing God, but he says four things about people who know their God once first of all, they have great energy for God now here's an assessment diagnostic question: Is your suffering creating energy in you a desire? to be used as our hunger for more. It's just you have the sense of I'm energized to want to learn what this means and understand it. Uh 1 Corinthians 15, Paul's going to talk about being the least of the apostles, but he's going to say this, I am who I am. This is 1 Corinthians 15:10. 10. Uh, I am who I am by the grace of God, but I worked harder than all of them. If suffering is meaningful to you, you're energized, you're engaged to get help, to learn, to grow, and keep working on those parts in your story where you know, I need more healing. I need more work. You're not afraid of it. You actually welcome it because you're going to get to know Jesus better and you got so much more to offer. Now, the reality is we cannot take people further than we have been. So if we're not willing to... Watch God work in us so that our suffering becomes a source of energy, okay? a source of strength in our story. Second thing pa- uh, Paul uh, Packer says is that people who know their God think great thoughts about God. If you are in suffering and you're learning how to worship, you're on your way. All right, let's go in Paul's story. I mean, you've heard the Macedonian call. You sail over to Philippi in Macedonia. You go in and start preaching the gospel. Three things happen amazing. The story of Lydia, read it in Acts 16. God opens her eyes. She's an Asian businesswoman, we think. uh, And she's going to a prayer meeting. She believes. She repents. Has her whole household uh, baptized. Second thing is that there's the jailer, which will to last but then there's this girl teenage girl involved in the occult and she's going around and she's annoying the heck out of paul now paul probably knew if he did this he was going to bring the whole community down on top of it but finally he's just so annoyed he just basically calls her out of her occult practices and she is and she doesn't keep doing what she's been doing which has been making a lot of people money and you can imagine people are not happy so they take Paul, and they beat him to a Paul uh, with Barnabas, or is it Silas? I can't remember right now, but it's one of those two. And they, uh, and they go into his Silas, and so then they go into the jail, and it's midnight. Now, you can imagine you're chained up in the jail, bloody, your one eyes closed, you can't, you've lost it, you think I'll never use my hand again. You're just in a world of hurt. And so Paul turns over to Silas and says, Silas, let's sing, let's sing some hymns. Okay? All right. So this isn't this amazing? All right, so let's pretend like Hudson and his wife Catherine are maybe going, having a hard week, all right? And things are tough. They're feeling beaten up about life and everything. And Hudson turns to Catherine and says, Catherine, let's sing some hymns. Let's sing together. Let's worship together. Or maybe you can't worship together, but you put your little sailbox box up there and you start listening to. I will rise when he calls my name. No more sadness, no more shame. Um, here Paul and Silas are worshiping in the midst of being beaten up. And what happens? You know what, what happens next? When they start worshiping, the Philippian jailers is saying, what the heck's going on? And then what happens? Earthquake happens. Any of you ready for a little earthquake in your story? A little like, ba-boom, woo, what happened? The ground is shaking, you know, I'm standing on the wrong stuff. Jesus wants to put me on the right, on the right place. Um, when suffering is drawing you to worship, you're on your way. You're on your way. Uh, I've been in communities of people who've been through unbelievable sadness or are living in it, but the level of worship it's breathtaking it's breathtaking if we could be transported today to Kiev or to churches that are meeting today in Ukraine and we heard those people worship and sing to Jesus we'd go man I, I, I don't know where I've been or what, do I, am I even a Christian it would be so powerful it would throw into question how am I living in my life the third thing that Packer says is it produces great boldness When you're suffering, rather than shrinking back and whining and complaining about your husband or your wife, it's creating a boldness to say, my God reigns, and I have good news. I have really good news. Um, And I think I told this story, so bear with me if you've heard this one before, but I was in London. We're passing out tracts in London to inviting people to a meeting. Um, and I'm, I don't want to do evangelism like that. I don't want to stand out there and go, hey, come to our meeting, come to my cigar, hear about a new life. I don't want to do that. That's not me. That's not who I am. It's out of my comfort zone. But I'm doing it because I'm a paid Christian. I'm a good Christian, <laughs> you know. And so I got to do it because I'm the leader, so I'm passing out, you know, or just like, here, take this. You know, A couple blocks down, I see this young college student Standing on the corner, he's going, I have good news. Good news. I mean, at the top of his lung, he's got a big smile. He's saying, I have such good news. And uh, and people are just coming up, well, what do you got? <laughs> and so these are people who are Sikhs, Hindus, Muslims, all from India. They're coming up and just like, and he's saying, Thank you for taking. I mean, you see the contrast? Like, why me? <laughs> Why now, Lord, why is my life so stinking hard? Why am I still, the use Paul Simon, line, why, why is my life still, I'm still so soft in the middle, you know? Why is my life so hard? And why am I just, ugh. Versus, I've got really good news, friend. I have really great news that if you will humble yourself today and call upon the elders to pray over you and, and confess, and say, I am so overwhelmed with you fill in the blank. You will be prayed for, and here's the promise. You will be healed. I was at a church service when Valerie and I were in Philadelphia at New Life Church, and the preacher that morning was uh, preaching away, and I was just coming under conviction, but I had really been struggling with irritable bowel syndrome, and I couldn't shake it, medication, everything. I just couldn't get past it. Um, And and the preacher says, what I'm getting ready to say, if you are sick this morning, you need to not leave here today. Ask the elders to pray for you. And then he said, humble yourself, which for a proud person is like, not going to do that today. That is not going to happen. But somehow the Spirit overrode my arrogance and my pride again, And I went up and I said to the elders, guys, would you pray for me? Would you anoint me today? Would you pray for me? Now, I've only had this happen once in my life, but if I'd never get another one, it was awesome. But I have prayed with a lot of people and seen the power of this. I mean, these elders poured out their hearts and prayed for me, and I was healed. I mean, I was healed. And that irritable bowel syndrome has never haunted me again. I mean, God just healed me right on the spot. Boldness. Do you pray bold prayers believing God can work right now in time, space, miraculously for the person who's in front of you, saying, Please, I need help. I need help. Here's the last thing that you see. Packer says, You see great contentment. You see great contentment in the person. Wow. What does that look like? People who are really growing, I was thinking about this the other day because they have a Bowery and I have a really good friend who was at a funeral I did many years ago. And uh uh I was doing it with another friend, and he said, Now we need to know here today that John, if he was here, he would not want us to lionize him and say, What a great he was all these great things. Uh you could have, if you said, here's his resume virtues, it's like, oh my gosh, this guy. He would not want us to lionize him. And then the sermon went over. After the service, uh, Valerie and I's friend came up to me and she said, "Clyde, would you do my funeral? I want you to lionize me." <laughs> so, you know, it's like something Roger would do, you know. And so, uh, and I laughed. But I tell you, if I get to do her funeral, she has been through so much suffering, and I have prayed with a lot of people. But when this woman prays, she knows. It's like I'll go out of my way to pray with her because when she prays, the tone of her voice, the way she lifts her head, everything about it says, I am well. It is well with my soul. I am so pleased and happy to know Jesus in the midst of everything that's gone wrong. I will lionize her because the lion of the tribe of Judah has done amazing things for this woman. I mean, she is a lioness. She is a prayer warrior second to none. And you, if you were with me and you heard her pray, you'd go, oh my goodness, I want to pray with her more. I want to be around her. I want her to pray for me. And so this fellowship with Jesus, how does it translate? How does it work its way into our life? Well, for some of you right now, the question is, why me? Why am I going through this suffering? And then the question is, why now? Okay. But I want to read to you from a friend of mine, and this is a summary in his book on grace and suffering. Uh, he talks about this. Um, God comes to you in flesh, in Christ, into suffering on your behalf. He does not offer advice and perspective from afar. He steps into your significant suffering. He will see you, he will see you through, and he will work with you the whole way. He will carry you even in extremis, which he's a Harvard grad, and I'm not sure what that means, but in extremis, but I think it's all the way. This reality changes the questions that rise up from your heart. The inward turning, why me, quiets down, lifts its eyes, and begins to look around. You turn outward, and a new, wonderful question's form. You start to think, say this to Jesus, why you, why you, why would you... Enter this world of evils. Why would you go through loss, weakness, hardship, sorrow, and death? Why would you do this for me of all people? But you did. See, the good news with the gospel, and if you're really suffering without hope right now and you're just like hearing this for the first time, Jesus did what he did for you. (laughs) And you need to hear that. And I'm representing him because he's calling you. He's saying, today is your day to cross over from standing on the other side and saying, I want to be on Jesus' side. Jesus, I want to be with you, because you did it. You paid it all. You laid it all down. You went bankrupt for me. You lost everything for me, so that I could understand how you can take what is ashes and make it beautiful. I mean, wow. Don't miss it, friend. Don't miss it. This is your day but you did. You did this for the joy set before you. He's talking to Jesus. You did this for love. You did this showing the glory of God in the face of Christ. As that deeper question sinks home, you become, and now here's the key word, a couple, two words. You're going to go away and say, how are you? All right, for all the adults, here's your two words for next week. David says, you become joyously sane. <laughs> Uh, A lot of you got a lot of sanity, but you're cynical. (laughs) You can see things clearly, but you're stoical. But what does it mean to become joyously sane? Joyful sanity. What a gift that Jesus offers to us today. As that deeper question seeks home, you become joyously sane. The universe is no longer supremely against you, yet you are not irrelevant. God's story makes you just the right size. Everything counts, but the scale changes to something that makes much more sense. You face hard things, but you have already received something better, which can never be taken away. And that better something will continue to work out the whole journey long. The question generates a heartfelt response. Now, here's what God's after for us. So listen to my friend David describe it. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and do not forget any of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Thank you, my Father. You are able to give a true voice to a, a, thank you, um, um, a thank in you that everything you thought everything was truly wrong both the sins and the sufferings that now have come under loving kindness. Finally, you are prepared to pose and to mean almost unimaginable questions. Why not me? Why not this? Why not now? Now, folks, this this takes time to get to that place, and there are people here who would love to get you there. And I, it took me time. This is not a magic wand. You know, here, take this special bullet. Uh, and it'll heal you on the spot. But what can start is you can start on the journey of becoming so different than the person you've become because you've been living in the wrong story. You're not living in his story for you. And if you say, Jesus, I hear you say, follow me. I want to live in your story, and I want to get to the place where as I look at my brokenness, my sadness, I want to embrace it and say, why not me? Why not me? And then he goes on to say, if I have the privilege of filling up the sufferings of Christ, if he sanctifies to me my deepest distress, I fear no evil. If he bears me in his arms, if my weaknesses demonstrate the power of God to save us from all that is wrong, if my honest struggles show other strugglers how to land on their feet, if my life becomes a source of hope for others, Why not me? Why not me? Why not us? Why not North Cross Church together? Of course you don't want to suffer, but you become willing. If it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Like him, your loud cries and tears will, in in fact, be heard from the one who saves you from death. Like him, you will learn obedience through what you suffer. Like him, you will sympathize with the weaknesses of others. Like him, you will deal gently with the ignorant and wayward. Like him, you will display faith to a faithless world, hope to a hopeless world, love to a loveless world, life to a dying world. If all that God promises only comes true, then why not me? Why not us? Let's pray. Lord, thank you that we can know these truths. We long to know them. Forgive us how quickly we run away. We're like Jonah. We run in the opposite direction. But we hear you calling us. I hear you calling North Cross Church to a new level of experiencing you through uh, helping people who are suffering and hurting and lost, who need the love of a Savior. So, Jesus, help us now as we continue to worship. For we pray in your name. Amen. Let's stand and worship in response.